Welcome to the Unstoppable Force Podcast. I'm Guy. And I'm Rob. And welcome back to another week. Um, this week we're going to be talking about the CES, which just concluded uh, this recent Friday. Mm-hmm. Last week, yep. Mm-hmm. Can, if you're not, you don't know what that is, uh, I don't know why you clicked this video, but yeah. it's the Consumer Electronics Show. And it's basically like a showcasing by all the big tech companies of some of their like concepts and, um, you know, new tech that could just be hitting the market now. Uh, and like, a you know, kind of a range of different things. It's like a, it's like a big show of different technology. Yeah. It's like a big show floor for the most part with demos mm-hmm. and a lot of concepts that of things that aren't necessarily out or coming out this year, maybe even further down the line. Definitely there are things that are out that are released. Like even they announced and released it like this past week, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, it's what we're going to see. And we also get to see trends, uh, starting and being set in like what a lot of companies are starting to do with their tech. Yeah, and basically, like, you know, the one thing that I guess ties all the tech together in the name is the consumer part. Yeah. So the the purpose of this, these different products are to be sold to consumers. Uh, I think that's, like, the one the one thing that they all have in common. Um, but the one of the main things that they covered uh, was going to be, you know, like, a lot of the different tech companies like Lenovo and, like, Asus and Samsung and, like, the, the big computer companies, tablet companies. Um we're seeing a lot of adoption of uh, dual screens. Yeah, we and the uh, and foldable screens, mm-hmm. and we want the the real estate. Once we realized that we started it on, like I guess even you can say, uh, like PCs when we have two screens, we took yeah. that and we're like, all right, well we have all this real estate, and then with phones we want that to happen. That's like a more recent uh, trend that's starting. So the most obvious thing to do is. I guess laptops because you have a whole second spot for a screen where the keyboard is theoretically you can just make it in, like have a screen and just make it into a keyboard just make a hinge make it two screens right there and yeah but like with lenovo i know they had uh their foldable pc that they're showing that's one whole screen that folds in half and then you, in addition you can put the keyboard on top of it onto the bottom part of the screen and use it as a physical keyboard yeah, basically, like, the laptop became a screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, a tablet that you put a uh, a keyboard on top of right. and then pretend it's, like, a laptop, which is fascinating because I guess it is at the end of the day. It is a laptop. It's still running, um, you know, Windows. But this idea of, like, bringing it even closer to just, like, screen technology, like, we're turning everything into screens that we can. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then obviously we're trying to fold everything we can now. <laughs> Make it smaller. We want we want the best to both worlds. We want the largest real estate of screens as possible while also mm-hmm. making it the smallest device possible. Exactly. I mean, even like um, Asus came out with their ZenBook um, Pro Duo in the la- over this year. And that has like a whole second screen um, that's like above the keyboard, which is, was an interesting mm. design. But... Yeah. Um, this is kind of like even bringing it further and, uh, it'll be interesting to see what else becomes foldable and, and how far they're going to take the foldable technology. Oh yeah. Um, and they're also like making the, they showcased, uh, the, like the newest Chromebook by Samsung. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that is going to be like really powerful. It's the most powerful Chromebook and most expensive at like a thousand dollars. The question is though, 
if it's just a Chromebook and it's not supposed to be like for really heavy sort of activity, is it worth it to make one that powerful? Well, if it's like super thin, maybe that's the point. It's like it's so thin, so portable, <laughs> but it's also the most like powerful. It's maybe also... it's storage, storage along with like processing, so you can have a lot of all your Chrome tabs open that you <laughs> want, like thousands <laughs> of them. Now it won't crash. It could, you know, also be a bit of like a luxury item in that, you know, if you're if you've got a little extra money lying around and you're buying a Chromebook, like a small little portable mm. notebook, you know, it, it probably feels a lot more fun to get one that's like really mm. nice. Yeah. I mean, even I would rather like, I don't know, I feel like with these screen, these like two screen things, we, we should, the whole tablet thing is going to be folding in half. So like, that's kind of what a Chromebook, just make it like a big enough like uh android tablet that folds in half that has two screens and then that's like a luxury product mm-hmm. um and then there also there was more phone stuff as well yeah we saw so we saw more fold foldable phone stuff with uh tcl had has their folding smartphone which is going to be five hundred dollars which is undercuts all of the other competitors right now yeah uh, so I mean, I, Samsung's is two thousand, right? Yeah, and even even the Razer, uh, Motorola Razer that's gonna come out is gonna be up with over the thousand dollars or or fifteen hundred. And that one isn't even that impressive, in terms of the actual specs of the of the phone itself, which right. were kind of lacking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they they said that they're uh, or I guess they announced that they have like over thirty models of foldable phones TCL. in the works. TCL, yeah. yeah. And and it's weird too because I think a lot of people don't actually know who TCL is. No, not at all. And I didn't even know who they were until recently this year, um, when I bought a TV from them. And I'm like, who the hell is TCL? Uh, it's kind of weird. There's like this new TV manufacturer, um, randomly that that I I do not remember growing up. That's apparently great. <laughs> and it turns out that it's a Chinese company that only recently started selling in the u.s i think this year yeah. right uh yes or 2019 we'd have to double check it but it was either this year or last year yeah. um yeah but also like they just started selling so like we saw a cs they like saw like at some point they really had like a sound bar and now they have their yeah. phones and tvs so they have a whole bunch of tech that we just don't didn't know about because they didn't come to the u.s and it's fascinating that it kind of just entered our targets and our walmarts and our you know it, it went up on amazon you know on best buy and walmart and mm-hmm. no one even questioned it no one was like oh tcl oh, that kind of sounds like a company that i might have just forgotten about Yo, is this what, <laughs> is this htc no i, I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> exactly um but i i bet you uh, most people don't even know who no. they are and it's um I think it, it's interesting that it's a $500 phone and it's coming from China and there's like a bit of like an ethics question there. It's like, how do you make a phone like that at such mm-hmm. a low price? Well, yeah. Like when we're so concerned with like Huawei, like I know it's a separate thing with like ethics thing, but like everybody's so focused on them and then we have this company that comes in almost out of nowhere. There's nothing talk, talked about mm-hmm. with it. And then they're even um, well. I guess like one downside of the the smartphone, at least that they showcased, was that it, it is only on the inside that there's a phone. So it's oh, essentially right. like a tablet that just closes. Yeah, it doesn't have the outside screen. So it's just like a clamshell without the outside. And mm-hmm. uh, it's like mixed because like we're it's better for like not scratching screens 
right, I guess, if we're going to do it that way. Like, if there's no screen on the outside, then you're not going to scratch it. Right. It's going to suck how you hold it up to your, like, head open. Yeah, I, I, I guess it would have to at least hold within your hand mm -hmm. un, um, folded. unfolded. Yeah. I guess you could, you'd probably learn to, like, hold it from the bottom. Yeah. Or, like, from a corner. I feel like... It'd be with, weird, though. I feel like... Uncomfortable. Um, with... Not, like, an abundance, but I think an increase popularity in Bluetooth, uh, we were going to move to, like, so many people having Bluetooth, not worrying about holding their phone That's up true. and talking anyway. So I'm not saying this isn't a problem right away, but it, it's something that is, like... It's going to be inconvenience, but if it's $500 and it's way cheaper and it works, then, you know, that's something you have to... You right, know, they don't need trade. a third screen if they can make it 500 bucks. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it can be a phone and a tablet. Tablets aren't bad. Mm -hmm. And if I can fold a tablet in half and put it in my pocket, that's great. Exactly. There's like a $500 foldable tablet. I feel like it's just a marketing lie at that point. Because you can have a tablet that has, like, 4G. It's still a tablet. That's true. So yeah. then if you take the tablet and fold it and so it's 4G, it's still a tablet. But then at that point, you know, isn't it, can't you get a tablet for cheaper? Isn't even like an iPad pretty cheap? Yeah, but, like 300 yeah bucks? but this is one you can put in your pocket. But also, no, it's, it's not that cheap if you get the like 4G model. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, but it's not like a monthly thing. Like, it doesn't actually raise the value of like the hardware. It does. Only like maybe yes, a it does. Bit. Like, if you get Fitbit that has 4G, or uh, the uh, Apple Watch has 4G, there's a price bump. How much is it out of curiosity? Uh, uh, maybe like $100, I don't know. Really? Yeah. That seems like an upsell. Maybe 50 100 I don't know. Mm -hmm. Exactly, but something like that. I mean, I feel like it's probably just a some sort of, of small piece of hardware that can connect to a cell phone signal, and that's it. Maybe. And then, like, you just hook it up to your cell phone plan, and you maybe have to pay a little bit extra every month for the yeah, extra device, know. but... I don't know. Um, so there was an interesting piece of tech for phones that we saw, right? For which uh, one? One so OnePlus had teamed up with McLaren just like to oh, showcase their this phone, thing, yeah. and they have electrochromatic uh, glass on the rear. What it does is it covers where uh, the camera is, to so when it's on, like electric, if it's like the power powered on on the glass. It blacks it out so that if the rest of the back of this of the phone is black glass, the part where the camera is is blacked out, so it seems like there's no cameras. And this obviously comes up because we see like the iPhones that have three or four cameras on the back, so it's getting all polka dotty. So the way to hide this is you have no camera bump and you just put glass over it, and then you make it electrochromatic and black it out. The downside is obviously this takes power to do. You know, with using the phone mm -hmm. power, but so and the technology is expensive, so I don't really see a, a big adaptation coming soon. It's essentially yeah, it's make to make your phone look pretty. Yeah, and like when it comes to like, are you really gonna like? Obviously, the people that can afford the higher end stuff, sure, they're gonna pay mm -hmm. for it. But anybody that like really cares to have like all the versions of your camera and just use it, you're fine. You don't really care what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, we I think we can see it possibly becoming more prevalent if the cameras get even bigger or if they mm. get, like, you know, really weird or if utility... I mean, I, I like the idea that they might go for utility over visual, knowing that there might be, like, a... They may, could make themselves, like, Apple could make their own back, that like, mm. plate to put over with the monochromatic glass mm. on it. And um, it'd be interesting to see if it, if it ends up catching on as, like, something 
that a companies use as a as a some sort of cosmetic to cover up the cameras because yeah. I almost would cameras aren't going away. I would almost prefer uh, a case on the phone that kind of slide they like have a slide and the slides covers the ca- the cool. cameras and slides down and take it and because at that point you want to protect all your cameras. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, could you make it so that even that is got the monochromatic glass, but is also a case? Yeah, I mean, I would just do it to. Um, just like be part of the case, so it's all the same color, and then you slide mm-hmm. it, and then it that's it. I mean, that could be made right now. That's true. Um, maybe there is a, a market for th- for that sort of uh, product at a cheaper level because I'm sure that mm-hmm. this is not cheap. No, exactly. in the slightest. Exactly. This is a luxury item for sure. And then one more like phone thing that I'm I'm actually sort of pretty excited that's happening, even though it's still it's kind of old tech. It's Samsung's bringing a Galaxy X Cover Pro, and what it does is it has a modular battery, so now we can take our batteries out and replace Ooh. them if they go bad, or upgrade them if we want a more powerful battery. On top of that, it's like an active, sort of active phone. It's supposed to withstand like high altitudes and water and all these other, all this other stuff. So we're getting an actual like like consume more consumer friendly than not being able to remove your battery and getting screwed mm-hmm. over that's what i've wanted if i want to shut my phone down i shut it down also for privacy purposes if you you know if you're that type of person that really cares about sort of tracking or this or that you can't yeah. turn your phone off you can't disconnect the power that's going to your camera or your microphone but if you unplug that battery exactly then that can mm-hmm. happen for you so it's I, th- I just for like a privacy standpoint that was really cool to me you know i think you mentioned it when you were um you're talking but you know i think that being able to you know have the privacy having the um ability to you know be have it be a consumer friendly thing that's tailored to a specific user's experience i think that that is like the future of a lot of these big tech companies especially like samsung and um even like apple i think apple's gonna have to cave in as much as they hate it Mm. you know because because we're seeing everything go towards consumer friendly. The more consumer friendly an item is, the better it sells. As long as it's also still functional and works well, it comes at the cost of a bit of, I think, a bit of um, revenue. Mm. But it it generates more sales and it generates more consumer, um, like a, or reputation. A, reputation, exactly. Right. So they're more likely to buy you uh, the second time around. Mm. They're going to continue to buy from that company who that they have has proven to them that they have their interest in mind. Oh yeah. And I think that that that's going to be a big pull. I think as you say that that kind of leads me into our next thing to talk about where a lot of videos I saw on CES about smart home tech kind of brought uh this privacy thing into mind. Oh so, yeah. So there was like one piece I saw was this hub for your home that connects all your cameras that could be third party cameras into this one device that is local storage. Now you don't have to pay ring monthly to access mm-hmm. your, your videos and it's not on the cloud. It's it's local, it's private, and then you can keep all your video camera footage in house and offline. And I think a lot of introduction of third party of cameras and and even how locks for the house smart locks and all these different things that's going to help us like fight the like effect <laughs> essential monopoly that google and amazon 
have on the smart home. Yeah. So our Nest and our Ring that are all tied to Google or Alexa, like we need to fight that, and that third parties are doing that so that everything is offline or 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 um, not subscription based or, or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm really hoping that third party stuff gets uh, bigger and more available. I think on like the hardware side, it's not difficult for a smaller company to compete. Mm-hmm. It's more the software side. Right. So. I think for items like cameras and smart home stuff beyond like the actual like AI side, like if it's just like whether or not a, a lock can open up or close like your front door, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's something that's not really difficult to make at a cheaper price and like have it be like not Google Home's, you know, uh, door lock and Google Home's um, cameras and like Google Home's like this and that, like having the ability to have more third party companies that are competing, it would be really nice. Yeah. Um, but just in general, I think the smart home area uh, shined quite brightly at CES. There's a lot of different new things. Um, a lot of it's just stuff getting cheaper as well. Um, I didn't even know that some of this stuff had come out until I had watched CES, and it's it's interesting because I immediately I'm thinking like, oh my god, you know, I'm 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 actually buying a house, and I could like set up a whole like crazy home. Um, you know, smart home uh, uh, systems throughout the house to basically like any any place I want to to turn the lights off or on or start music or turn on a TV or turn on a video game system or turn on my computer from downstairs or change the temperature. Like that sounds like it would be a really cool, especially with all the new tech coming out. Um, but there is kind of a this is actually a little bit off topic, but. There, this is something I saw on uh, Smarter Every Today, or every Smarter day. Every Day, um, and it's a YouTube channel. Um, and on the YouTube channel, this guy named uh, Destin basically found out that you can actually use a laser to Send a create signal. a sound signal. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so. From my understanding, is the lasers. Like the way it vibrates the microphone, the way the microphones are designed right. in these smart um, speakers, the laser vibrates it in such a way that it is like sending a voice signal, a sound signal to mm-hmm. it and activating it as if it's voice. Yeah, and it basically has to like point directly onto the microphone and it can completely silently send voice messages to your smart home devices. So it could like, let's say you had a device that allowed you to open and close your front door, like I said before. Um, somebody might be able to go in through your window, like shine a the laser directly at your, if you had like a Google Home, like the tablet. Mm. What is that one called? The, not the hub. I don't know what that one was called. Um, but yeah, like the hub thing with the screen. There's like these little tiny um, microphones on the front of the screen. And if you can get the, the laser on that, you can actually have it, you know, open up that front door yeah um of course uh this was actually something it ended up getting patched i think they actually talked about at the end of the video yeah. that like google found out about this and like that the, the you know these companies uh, a lot of them found out about this apple had uh, a few defense mechanisms itself where it would essentially uh require you to put in your passcode before it would do certain functions Wait, that's on the phone yeah and that's that i mean that's true for um for, for a lot of things, even Google has that too. Like you, you have to lock and unlock it in order to use it, or if it's your specific voice. 
So if you train yeah. your assistant Siri. to have your voice, Siri, Google has the same thing. You can train them to understand that it's only you, then it would work. And then the other thing too was especially with smartphones, because smartphones can obviously be affected as well. Um, the camera or the the microphones end up being too small and too deep. And then it, uh, something actually I found out when I was looking into the the information um, on the microphone was actually that in smartphones they're offset to the side mm. and there's like a little like kind of uh, area um like a plate that covers them so if you accidentally put it your like let's say uh like a little pin into that instead of the sim card hole mm-hmm. it won't damage the nice. microphone oh that's cool so it's like really difficult to do it on a smartphone mm. yeah well definitely the uh smart everyday the video is like definitely a good psa on like it was effectively saying keep all your devices out from viewing like of windows and mm-hmm. such that somebody can't access them that way that's like the easiest way to prevent it at least at this point right so it's not like a huge hole of insecurity but i thought it was just kind of a yeah. fun thing to mention um because it shows that you know when these products hit uh consumer shelves they're not bulletproof right they're not um really tested for every type of way to break into them even especially in this case it wasn't even like they they chose to ignore that there was an oversight it was that there was just no way they could know that shining a laser at a microscope i mean sorry a laser as a microphone um is gonna somehow cause it to work like a voice yeah definitely like Um, i mean that's just a personal thing that's why like uh, I'm. I don't know if I'm paranoid enough, but definitely don't connect my smart smart stuff to locks and such like that. Yeah. There's voice assisted, like fingerprints, maybe. Like definitely codes is the best way to go. Any sort of putting in a code. But even then, though, at some point, like with like, hardware I don't getting like... smaller and more powerful, like maybe somebody could brute force a code, like locally. Yeah, I mean, codes can be brute force and like passcodes. And like fingerprints are harder unless they cop and like get your fingerprint. Mm-hmm. But like, forget about face. I would never use my face to unlock anything. I'm just like that type of person. What's What's the difference between your face and your thumbprint? Your face is more easily accessible to other people than your thumbprint is. But it, it, I, I mean that's I'm that's my sure difference. Like I, that's all I'm saying. Like every single like iPhone will not open to a picture of you. Yeah, I know. But when we're going to be able to create models of our faces that are, like, so good. I guess. If somebody can just take, like, a video of you. But right now it requires, like, a really, really, like, long scan of the face of, like, with the device. And it's not even that high fidelity. And it wouldn't get past a... I just think that it's high, there's a higher chance of um, the ability of unlocking faces will, the, will happen before unlocking fingerprints. Maybe. That's Maybe just what I... I guess there's a complexity to a fingerprint that's a little bit more um, demanding for a computer to try to figure and out. And smaller. Like, you can't recreate... Like, recreating a fingerprint, and you have to, like... It's, like, a small scale, like, lines mm-hmm. and stuff. That's why. Oh, it's just, like, a personal thing. I mean, maybe you're maybe right, it's, but... Maybe it's dumb. Maybe but... it, it can tell. Because hmm. it's, like, you can't even... Like, even if you could make a perfect model and animated version of a person you'd still have to put it on a screen and then hold a screen up to another camera Mm -hmm. 
and it would know because it would reflect light off that cam, you know, off that screen. You know what I mean? It's like you lose the 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 translation is not a proper version. You'd almost have to like have the computer hmm. look at a, I guess like the 3D model and animated like hmm. simulation of what it would look like in front of a in front of the camera. I don't even know. Does that make any sense? Sort of. I don't know. All I'm saying is I think we're closer to solving, unlocking with face, somebody else's face than fingerprint. And that's just a personal paranoia problem, like, thing. That so. We definitely have to look into that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've, I've personally always seen the, the face as being at least the most convenient and also being very difficult to hack. I don't know. I, I've been able to, like, grab my cousin, um, his wife's phone, go up to her face and unlock and just walk away and just be like, fine. Like, yeah, that can, like, be stopped right away. Like, you can mm-hmm. grab a phone or whatever. And, like, but, like, you can just do that. Like, that's the thing. Like, here, like, just look at your phone. They don't, by the time they know whose phone that's in their front of them. If I late. kill somebody, can I still use their face to unlock their phone? Do their eyes have to be open? I don't know. And, I'm like, curious now. Oh, like, smiley complexion. <laughs> like, does it have to be do warm? Do they have to, like, move a little bit? Like, do they have to be warm? Is there like an infrared? Yeah, it's like it's like measuring how hot you are. Well, I feel like the, the complexion changes. Mm-hmm. Well, I bet you at some point they may actually do like an infrared camera to like mm-hmm. measure your heat signature so that, that you can't be dead and also unlock the phone. Because mm-hmm. that would be like an easy way to fix yes. that. Yeah. Um. All right, but I think we're kind of off topic right a now. A little bit. Um, Another thing, just yeah. to keep moving along, is uh, mm-hmm. Alienware has stolen the Switch and coming out <laughs> with the UFO. Yeah. It's literally just a PC that's a Switch, and it doesn't have a dock. So it's not actually the Switch part of the Switch. It's the doesn't mean that 3DS we can't half have a of dock. the Switch. <laughs> doesn't mean that we can't have a dock. I don't know if they're going to add a dock. They I could. I don't know that they're not. The thing I'm is, is, I don't. It, it didn't look like they designed the. But we don't need it. You know why we don't do need that. a dock? Because we have cloud save. And I don't need a dock when I have cloud <laughs> save, and I can lock in, log into my Steam mm-hmm. or any games that are on my PC. Yep. Or whatever Xbox games, Microsoft crap that you have, you can log in and have the same game save as you have on your Alienware. As you do on your PC mm-hmm. in your accounts, so you don't need a dock. You can just put a pull it up on your TV. If it had like an HDMI like little connection or something, that would that would basically be a dock. Yes, but the I guess the one thing the dock did uh, does do that this wouldn't do is um, it adds like additional like processing power. And the actual dock doesn't... No, it's all on the... I thought it runs better on the TV than it does on the actual device. Dude, when you plug the Switch in on the dock, it's just uh, HDMI. It's just plugging your HDMI into the dock and then plugging the uh, Switch, sitting it on there, and the plug just goes up top. It's no different than plugging HDMI into the Switch. I mean, I just remember, like, when they were marketing it, they had mentioned that it would basically it ran better on the dock than it did when you took it out. And there was going to be a slight FPS drop when it was out of the dock. Maybe processing-wise in it, but it's, it doesn't make the dock better, the thing. It's just That's the, true. the device itself that can send it to the port, probably, that sends mm-hmm. it outwards. But, you know, I don't think the UFO is really, it's not really competing with the Switch anyway. 
because like how not? It, it may seem like it's competing with the Switch, but it's not because I'm not getting the same product. You're, I guess you're filling a market that's not really there. Right, because it's Windows. It's, it's a Windows tablet with controllers on the side and a built-in interface for video games. So it's filling the vacuum of like the PS Vita, what they have. Right. And, the, and those games. And, and it's also, I mean, it is a tablet at the same time because it's, it's a Windows device. Yeah. And I think you can still like search the internet and you can still do like watch videos and go on YouTube and Netflix. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's essentially just like a Windows computer with some controllers um, and it makes it portable and it's actually really cool. I think it, I think that I, you can find somebody who owns a switch and a UFO and, yeah. and they probably like both. Uh, Cause like you can't get only Nintendo like games Nintendo. on the UFO. Right. But if like you're get you, if right now your only mobile gaming is a switch and you want it because you want to play the, the Witcher mm-hmm. or doom or any other game that you can get anywhere else. Now this is competing with those people. So there's like there's I imagine the Venn diagram is very heavily like overlapped of people that want both, but and then very small on the only Nintendo and only non Nintendo games. Yeah. So that market that they're capturing is a small, very small portion of the Nintendo Switch, but it's a large portion of people that aren't on any game mobile gaming. Well, I think the Nintendo Switch is a little bit more casual than the PC community specifically. I guess it's also the console yeah, community kind of comes in here too. Yeah, but any mobile, any person who plays a mobile game is. Do you think that's that's still more of a casual player? That's true too. Yeah. So casual. Be. I mean, being mobile is being not specifically casual. You're more likely to be a casual player if you prefer mobile. Um, if you prefer to play on like a on the on on your couch with your Switch, mm-hmm. it probably means that you're not playing FPSs competitively probably means that you're not playing any games competitively because you, you, anybody who's sitting at a desk is going to have a slight advantage. So mm-hmm. players Yo, who can, like to have that advantage. Yeah, we could play League on uh, the Alienware. That'd be weird. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's a bit more of the the PC market who wants to like try a mobile device that does the same thing. Yeah. Um, but the Nintendo market, like they they're pretty tight knit like they they're pretty casual they're you know that that's definitely not going to be as interesting to them i know like you know my girlfriend who who loves nintendo and has a switch would never buy this probably yeah i'm like i i know like marlin was looking for like uh mobile gaming since the vita was kind of dead and this would have he probably I'm not going to speak for him, but that's something, this is probably more up his alley than mm-hmm. getting a Switch. And, like, even for me, I'd be like, if I can have my cloud saves and play, like, whatever RPG I'm playing. Right, you don't even have to buy thing. games because you already own the games. Exactly. That's that's the main that's the main thing. You're just buying this and then you can play games that you already own. This thing makes no money, though, off of... Uh, um, sales? Off of sales of games, though. So that'll be interesting if that'll impact that, that's them. That's confirmed? Or are, you, are you just saying that based on like? Well, if I can sign into my Steam and I already have a, 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 an entire library of two hundred games, yeah. and I can continue to buy them on Steam, I can't imagine that the, that somehow uh, uh, Alienware would get a percentage of that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe this they is like a hardware a only. They could make a deal, or they could have their own store and games like that. I think I remember they had their own interface, interface. for like going between 
your different places of your no, games. No, they had like a and a store itself. Yeah. So maybe they'll also have a store, but they still allow you to buy on your platform of choice. Because I remember seeing uh, a Steam. I think I think it's advantageous for them to allow you to use your Steam so that it gets you to buy this. Exactly. Not, yeah. They're not gonna be like, oh, if you get this nice. They don't want to be Google games. Stadia, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing. This kind of uh, could compete with maybe a little bit, but I think this has an advantage, definitely. Yeah. We also this is like concept, so then not like it is a concept, I guess. It's like not. It's not out yet. Confirmed like release or anything like that. And they're they're not even sure if they're going to do it at all. Isn't that what they said? Like yeah, basically were, it's a concept. So it's like a true just kind of concept stage. Um, it's based off the Switch for sure. Oh yeah, it's definitely been inspired. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is going to be we wanted to talk about the Samsung Neon AI. Mm-hmm. And um, this is this is one of the biggest buzzes out of the CES. A lot of people are talking about the Neon AI, and uh, we've had an interesting experience. Oh, in our learning. research, definitely. Yeah. Um, so we we did not. Well, I guess so, uh, I guess like our initial this. initial um, like learning of this was sort of like excitement right so we learned that like samsung's coming out with this ai it's gonna be like a personality you're gonna talk to it's like whole person that can like walk and move Mm -hmm. on the screen and whatever so it's very it's uh, like a living exciting yeah yeah it's very exciting and and thinking about like the possibilities when we can use and as we further try to figure out you know what did they show us and uh, when's the release like do they know what they're gonna do with it and like actually what the, the actual purpose of it we kind of got in the nitty-gritty of like what they actually show people at ces mm-hmm. and where the stages are like we wanted to see we wanted to see exactly how this thing worked yeah and how detailed it was and how advanced it was and, and the whole reason we went into it was, like, we wanted to talk about how cool it, it is to you guys. Yeah. Um, so we thought we were going to be, like, wowed based off of all the media coverage. Um, talking about how, like, scary it is and it's, like, unnerving. Uh, yeah, Uncanny or, Valley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that it's going to be, like, replacing humans and, like, you know, is this ethical or not? And, and there's all this, like, it's very dramatic. Um, so we found a video by Neon, the company... Or I guess not the company, but like the mm. the team yeah. that's in charge of the project. Right, and we saw the demo video that they mm-hmm. released, and it, it, it was a cool video. And the it was very obvious as a software developer, um, probably like a team lead of some sort, standing in front of an audience of journalists, mm-hmm. and you know they're all like you know taking pictures and holding up like cameras and stuff, and like you know trying to to record everything he's saying, um, and. Yeah, he he goes over the fact that... Well, the first thing that he says is that they started four four months months ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. So this is... We're like... We're we're looking at the very, 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 very bare bones beginning of this project. So it's fascinating that they even revealed it. Mm. And I think that's that was like the initial part was just like, why are they releasing this so soon? And... Um, you know, the the media coverage did not mention four months. 
Right. Not a single article that I that I saw that I read. None of even like the videos that I watched did not mention that only four months ago did this project start. And then they used a very specific word too. They said front end. I guess not words, two words, but it's I guess like one concept. Um but like I, I I'm a bit on like the, the technical side and I work in uh in IT and I have a computer science degree and front end is an interesting word for a AI project. Let's say, um, not the right word when (laughs) I think of (laughs) here. Yeah. Um, so it turns out that this is really, really, really early. Right. So he also, he, the guy even said that, this was front end, and they went through the demo, and then he goes later in the year. They have like this doesn't have any storage or any memory, so there's no like mm-hmm. bank of I guess information that you can gain or talk to this with. That that's coming later in the year. And they asked it like a few questions, and you know, in one video it answered them, but it kind of answered them you know weird, and it was very creepy. It was very like it stood completely still. It was like a 3D model of a, of a woman, and the 3D model didn't even look great. And then when it did talk, the mouth, the animation was like didn't even look really that good. Mm-hmm. Um, the teeth were were not great. And if anybody plays a lot of video games and knows about 3D modeling in video games, teeth are the hardest thing to pull off. Well, um, but even then, you know, like you'd think samsung doing this project would 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 have more uh i think advanced looking 3d models because that's not even the hard part for an ai like you can make beautiful 3d models like the gaming industry has been making phenomenal looking 3d models for a while now and these things look like they're from like 2014 or Mm -hmm. 2015 yeah and like the other half of the demo was them just tapping through emotes that yeah. they had smiling a few mm-hmm. different smiles like, oh, surprised. surprised yeah <laughs> and like or like doing a pose for a picture yeah. or like doing a few preset voice like mm-hmm. lines that were pre-recorded um and the the title of the the video was their demo of core r3 and when you think of that, you think of like, oh, they're going to show us what this AI is capable of. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, further um, investigation when I was on their site uh, basically tells us that Core R3 has to do with latency of the like emotions and the movements mm. and the reactions. In R3, what is it? It's real. Oh, I have it here. Reality, real-time responsive. Okay, so basically it's that it responds to your commands or your stimulus in real time with low latency. Right. Which is literally just means I press a button on my tablet for you to smile and it takes a short amount of time for you to (laughs) smile. Also known as every emote-like wheel in every video game ever. Since, like, fucking WoW. Or even oh, earlier, yeah. probably. Like, back at the beginning of MMOs. It's like... It kind of ended up... We, we ended up realizing it's a bit of a farce. It's a yeah, bit of a lie. They, There's nothing. They've yeah. done nothing. There's no AI. There's... it. It's... 
when they say front end, it's UI, it's UX, it's the the app on their phone that they're using to control it and make it do the different motions and moves. It's the animations that were created by the animators. It's the 3D models that were made. I mean, even the interfaces on these big, like, flat screen TVs that they used looked terrible. Like, they were very weird looking. And the the AI, the animations were okay. But they weren't, like, some mind-blowing ridiculous change and then and, and the, the funniest part too was the people in the video <laughs> they must have been like 40 50 years mm -hmm. old at least you know like the more we kind of realize like how nobody who is actually a developer or like a person who has any true understanding of what ai is would actually think that this is an ai because it's not it there was no ai really done uh, at this point that there was like some basic like it was able to answer like just kind of questions um like really basic questions with like not great answers not like really detailed answers but like it was kind of i guess they were kind of out of their personality yeah i think like this kind of i don't know if this is really telling of ces in general but like it's very uh journalist and reporter centered because trying everybody's showing off their new tech their mm -hmm. concepts so they want it on every single article everywhere and then you even have like tech reviewers talking about this stuff so like does this like expose these people as like not as knowledgeable if they're just seeing this like yeah you can excuse as concepts but when it's something that we're saying it can like be life-changing and replace people in and all these different four positions, months in yeah you can't like expect us to actually believe this like i i don't know maybe they were just like we were talking maybe they wanted to come out with this because they didn't want to come out next year with it because maybe they'll make progress and release some more during the year and mm -hmm. by next year I amazon mean, might have something or somebody else might have something i'm not against this idea but i don't know how much i can trust samsung but this almost feels like it's not like an early access video game because you're not able to play it and you're not buying into it, but it's like a, almost like a Kickstarter where the person kickstarting it is some big company. Because at least like in a Kickstarter, they kind of show you step by step like, oh, we're going to do this first. Oh, we're going to do this next. And the funniest part too with a Kickstarter and why this feels like a Kickstarter is that they start with the marketing. Mm. They start with the front end. Looks. They make it pretty. Mm -hmm. And then they sell it to you. They sell it to you, and they sell it to you, and they tell you about this concept that's going to change the world, that's going to do this and do that. Meanwhile, they haven't written a line of code for what they're trying to say. Like, they literally said they don't have back-end done. This was a front-end. Mm -hmm. This was it. It was just 3D models doing animations and poses um, that were directed from a tablet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... And they could answer some basic questions. In further inspection, as far as, like, media coverage, like, the video we saw and their Twitter account is, like, so low. Like, nobody's mm -hmm. seeing it. It was, Even, like, 2,000 views on that video? Yeah. It's, yeah, there's, like, 700 people subscribed to their channel, which that doesn't really say too much, but, like, it mm -hmm. means people cared or not. Uh, and then their Twitter had, like, 11K followers and... When I looked on on Samsung's actual account and like Samsung Electronics looked around any previous tweets and I like searched for any sort of neon or any reference, absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. They didn't want any video really to be seen of this to what it like looked like. It was only CES. Demo. Yeah. So CES 
because what I I mean part of what CES is is you need a you need a, a pass you need a press pass right mm-hmm. so it's like an E3 you know only insiders are going to it um, people who are are part of these uh, journalistic um, companies that are gonna are gonna uh, do you know pieces on all the different technology coming out you know they don't really need to know how it works they just need to know how many screens it has and how many times it can fold and mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know yeah. how many controllers it has and all this cool stuff like that um but it doesn't really need to they don't really need to know how the actual software works so it it almost seems like samsung knew that if they did not promote it at all and just let journalists promote it off of CES, then they can get positive hype without anyone actually seeing the fact that it's not even remotely been worked on yet. It's been worked on four months, and only the front end is done, and the front end looks bad. Yeah. Like, Damn. It, it's a nothing project, and it may end up being nothing. Right. Or it can be something. And that's the problem, I guess. Because if you go in, like, like we can criticize the crap out of it, mm-hmm. but if they have potential, there's no reason to come out like this and just, like, mm-hmm. not really have anything. I think it can diminish a lot of uh, excitement and hype and any sort of, I don't know, what would be progress, I guess. Because mm-hmm. we just, like, shit on it and be like, nah, it's nothing. It's like, then there's no investment and nobody's going to adopt. They're not going to do anything. Unless they try to prove us wrong, which I guess they can do that with criticism. It's just investors care about what people say, and other companies care mm-hmm. what people say. I'm just like, I think investors, this is good for investors, too. This is good for, like, their stock value probably went up off of this as right. well. Right, what I'm saying is if it was bad press. Right, so it is good if press. people see what we're, like, revealing, mm-hmm. basically then that's not good. Right. And then I guess that could stifle the project entirely and then it doesn't mm-hmm. even get created and then it's like, you know, it just becomes a what if. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I can't, I don't fully, like, not want to, like, you kind of have to expose this stuff. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't, then you continue to let the corporate machine, like, just market something to you without providing a product mm-hmm. and hope you buy it. Like in the old days when, like, you know, if you wanted to buy a video game or you wanted to go see a movie you didn't have this giant, robust network of information to find out, you know, which friends went to see it and what it's rated, got, you know, got rated on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and Metacritic and, yeah. you know, I you just had think, to just watch the marketing and go in. Well, that's, well, I think that's changed, right? And mm-hmm. I think especially with, because we don't have a product yet and they're going to be, they're just four months in and they're going to show us more. So if we see more, it becomes promising. That's like, that's kind of okay yeah. to just, like... And also, they're spending their own money. If they tank, that's it. Screw them. We mm-hmm. didn't pay into it. Nobody bought anything. <laughs> yeah, it's right? just Samsung. They I mean, put, they got enough money. Right, they put their money in, and they... Mm-hmm. Oh, the project got shit on, and then they canceled it. Oh, f- whatever. Like, they screwed up. I don't think they're going to cancel it, but I do think that they got the wrong people to do front-end. <laughs> I think they should have gotten video game developers to make front-end. I think they should have oh. hired, like, a like a, an actual, like... Or, like, anybody that did any modeling for any movie, like, yeah, CG. Like a, exactly. Or any modeling for video games of, like, that. Uh, for, like, modeling for mm-hmm. uh, putting a person in mocap. Any sort of mocap situations. It definitely seems like they just got some, some modelers who've, like, done some things. And, like, yeah. you know, like... Eh. 
it just didn't look great. It it didn't look professional front end. It looked like very. I mean, it, I guess you could say though, it's like alpha. It's like alpha alpha. Yeah. Maybe in five years, this this stuff might actually be worth looking at, but it definitely seems still quite a bit far off. Yeah, Maybe even I, less than that. It could I, be like two years, three years. Um, but it's definitely. I'd be more hyped. So I would. I like like backends obviously where we need it, but why can't like. It's also more exciting to be like, oh, we're unveiling these five personalities at CES. There's like, there, there's no body, there's no image, there's no nothing. But the, you can tell this one's like a bubbly, blah blah blah, and this one's like, you know, and and like if they right. showed that AI that was developed there, you'd be like, okay, now we can put it into a physical form next. That's why I think it's like it was marketing jargon and mumbo jumbo and bullshit. Yeah. You know, it's it's part of their this this particular ai and how they're separating it from amazon alexa and amazon or i'm sorry and uh, google, google home yeah. um and bixby and stuff the, the main reason they're differentiating it is cuz it looks like a human yeah and they actually have to you know when when you think about the demand between just making a voice that does what you say that's not that i mean that's entirely just the ai Mm-hmm. and having the voice come out which is they've already got you know they can yeah. make they can make any alexa say anything um so it's just whether or not it answers correctly and intelligently but when you add the the whole 3d model and the physical gestures and everything like that like you just made your entire life 10 times more difficult oh yeah like you have to be able to make it so that you either have to create literal thousands of animations like for every different type of situation and they have to pull it from 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 like a database of the animations um or you're gonna have to basically create a machine learning system that will be able to learn human like body language and then replicate it based off of emotion and then the emotions would have to then also be machine learned and then also all the facial expressions and tone and holy crap, like you've made it <laughs> so much more difficult. Yeah. So the only way to sell it, I guess, is to just to make a pretty looking 3D model that doesn't doesn't even like isn't even as good as the very first model of Amazon Alexa. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess you can just make sure nobody knows about it and you can get tons of good press. Yeah. But does that mean it's gonna be a viable product? Like Seems like Amazon and Google are going to be like a hundred times ahead on their AI side, especially with what is that thing? Google Assistant that you like can call a doctor and make an appointment. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's out yet, but yeah, it's based. I don't know what they called it, but but that's better than this. Yeah. Look, I'm just. I just hope that it develops into something. Actually, what mm-hmm. they're talking about. And if not, I hope somebody else comes along and actually comes along and actually makes it. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like Google's just gonna like Google and Amazon are gonna like come in, and Samsung's gonna be only like two years in, and they're gonna be like, "Hey, you know that neon thing that's still in progress? We already made it. Here you go." Because <laughs> they're they don't wanna they don't want everyone to see that they're only four months in and that they haven't done that good of a job. Yeah, you know it doesn't doesn't bode well for their image they only want to come out with stuff that works oh yeah um but yeah that's pretty much the main things that we took away from ces yeah um let us know what you guys think about neon and all the new tech and 
Some people don't really folding. like all the extra screens. Yeah, or folding screens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, have a great week. As always, thank you for listening and following. Check us out every Thursday on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are available. You can find us on Instagram at Unstoppable Force Podcast and Twitter at UForcePod for news and updates. We'll see you guys next week. And, and until, until then, then, stay unstoppable. unstoppable.